Hey folks, welcome back to Travel and Trivia, a podcast for curious travelers eager to embark on their next adventure, Pennsylvania. No matter how many times I wrote it in preparation for this week's episode, the Sylvania continued to get jumbled up. I'll blame it on my lack of Latin knowledge, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. In Latin, Silva means woods. So what about the pen? Well, the pen can be attributed to none other than William Penn. In 1681, Charles II of England granted a large chunk of land to William Penn that included present-day Pennsylvania. Think Quaker Oats guy, although they somehow claim the man on the label isn't William Penn. The resemblance is uncanny. From the onset of its existence, Pennsylvania would prove its value in the way of natural resources, agricultural outputs, and industrial prowess, while molding a culture uniquely Pennsylvanian Rich in traditions that show through to this day. A reminder, there will be just over 30 seconds to answer each question. So, if you're impatient like me, feel free to skip ahead. Without further ado, let the round begin. Question 1. Pennsylvania played a pivotal role in the founding of the United States. So pivotal, in fact, that it was nicknamed the Keystone State. What does the term Keystone literally refer to? And the answer is, the central wedge-shaped stone in an arch that holds all other stones in place. If you made any reference to Greek architecture, I'll give it to you. That's a pretty powerful nickname, Pennsylvania. Maybe Florida in their sunshine should take a few notes. Question 2. Today, Centralia, Pennsylvania is a ghost town. Once a town of more than 1,000 residents, only four remain as of 2021. What man-made disaster caused a massive $42 million relocation effort during the 1980s? Was it A, an oil spill, B, a nuclear meltdown, C, lead contamination, or D, a fire? And the answer is D, a fire. A massive and still ongoing mine fire to be exact. The town of Centralia sits upon a massive coal deposit. In the 1800s, miners began tunneling underneath the area to harvest the precious resource. While the start of the fire is unknown, many suspect it was caused by trash being burned near the entrance of one of the mine shafts. Soon, the fire began to spread, and with it, residential awareness grew, snow melting on the sidewalks during the winter, but soon the dangerous effects of the fire appeared. Toxic fumes began to seep from the ground, nearly suffocating residents in their homes. Sinkholes also became a problem as the surface was giving way to the fire in many areas. In 1992, the government condemned the city. The fire is still slowly burning and covers an estimated six square miles. The latest projections predict the fire will remain burning for another 250 years. 
Question three. What famous Philadelphian started the oldest insurance company in the United States, the Philadelphia Contribution Ship, in 1752? And the answer is Benjamin Franklin. I'll admit, that question was asked mostly so I could outline the life of an incredible man and founding father of our nation. While Franklin was originally from Boston, he moved to Philadelphia in 1723. Four years later, he would purchase the Pennsylvania Gazette. His passion for the written word and printed word would shine through in some of his best-known works such as Poor Richard's Almanac. While many of us know Ben Franklin for his printed works, he would retire from the printing business in 1748, well before the events he would arguably become best known for. During the 1750s and 60s, he would spend time as a deputy postmaster of the United States and a representative or delegate at numerous assemblies and congressional meetings. After the unfortunate passing of his wife Deborah in 1774, Franklin would devote even more of his time to the budding nation. In June of 1776, he served on the Continental Congress Committee that drafted the Declaration of Independence. He was already 70 years old at that time, considerably older than some of his cohorts, such as 33-year-old Thomas Jefferson. He remained active in politics at home and abroad. In 1790, two months before his death, Benjamin Franklin signed an anti-slavery petition to Congress while serving as the president of the Pennsylvania Society for Promoting the Abolition of Slavery. Long after his passing, many books have been published outlining his life and examining his shortcomings but we cannot deny his impact during a critical time in our nation's history. Question 4. What worldwide candy company based in Pennsylvania grew to such a colossal size that the owner had to build a town so his thousands of employees would have somewhere to live? I wonder where he came up with the name. And the answer is Hershey. Although Hershey, Pennsylvania was born out of necessity, it has grown into a massive tourist destination. The town now features the company's plant, a boarding school, a stadium, an arena, the Hershey Hotel, the Hershey Museum, and of course, the Hershey Park. When you're pumping out 80 million Hershey kisses a day, I suppose having your own town doesn't sound like that much of a stretch. Question 5. True or false? Although Pennsylvania is not a coastal state, it is home to the most miles of navigable water in the continental United States.
And the answer is false. The title goes to Kentucky, but don't be mistaken, Pennsylvania is no slouch. Of Pennsylvania's many navigable waterways, the Susquehanna is arguably the most beautiful and cherished stretch of river. So much so, in fact, that it was the first designated water trail in the Pennsylvania Water Trail Program. At over 500 miles long, the Susquehanna covers 22 counties. If you're interested in visiting this unique area, the trail is broken up into four sections. The West Branch is the largest and most remote section. The North Branch is full of quaint river towns nestled within the valley. The Middle Susquehanna is uniquely home to many islands that can make for a fun camping and paddling adventure. Lastly, the lower section that runs through Harrisburg to Maryland offers unique recreational opportunities brought on by the string of hydroelectric dams and coinciding lakes. Question 6. What do people from Philly traditionally call a sub sandwich? Is it A. Hoagie, B. Po'boy, C. Grinder, D. Euro, or E. Blimpy? And the answer is hoagie. Now, I'm not a Philly native. As a matter of fact, I haven't been. But after reading the following list, we're going to need to take a trip. Philly Bites magazine put a list together of the city's best hoagies, and boy, do they sound delicious. Notable establishments serving some of the best grub in Philly include Richie's Hoagies, Dedatillo's Delicatessen, and Lenny's Hoagies. Yes, I am, Chloe. Look at seventh question. All you got to worry about is this little... Shoot, I can't even use the mouse. All you got to worry about is that little red thing. Yeah. Adobe Audition 101 class revenue. Dang it. I got to take out this piece of gum. Oh, does Nero Gum want to sponsor our podcast? A little bit of energy and focus powered with natural caffeine balanced with L-theanine infused with B vitamins. I love the stuff. I think that gives me a little bit of grr, a little bit of extra kick that I need, especially when I'm like editing and doing something like super monotonous. <clears throat> It's great. That was gross. I might have to cut that sound out. Welcome to the seventh question stretch. We're going to try something a little different today. I wouldn't expect you to know this since you aren't in the recording studio, aka my office, aka canvas print shop, aka fly tying shop, aka hiking gear room, aka photography studio. Anyway, those coughing over here. <laughs> I don't know if she's laughing or coughing. Today, we're recording the seventh question stretch first in hopes that you'll get our wittiest selves and not just our recording for an hour and for whatever reason can't pronounce the word Susquehanna selves. So, Chloe, let's talk Pennsylvania. By the way, I was not joking in the intro. I cannot spell Pennsylvania to save my life. It's like, uh, you know, I have that weird thing and maybe I am. I don't know. I, I've never like had... I've never like had dyslexia or whatever, but I have to really think sometimes about P's versus B's. That's probably getting towards that realm. Anyway, I manage in life, but the S V L S L V throws me no matter what. And I'll even like, it must be a word that I've read a tremendous amount of times and never actually looked at the full way through. You know how you do that? You see like the beginning, the end, you're like, oh, 
Have we talked about, I think we talked about this in the car the other day. We'll get to Pennsylvania in a second. When you're reading a book and let's say it's got some names that are just like very out there. The one that I'm thinking of right now is Chingach Gook from uh, The Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> <laughs> when you'll just be reading and you've assigned him kind of a, a much shorter kind of name so it's like the maybe it's just chin or you just go with like like in your head it's literally just like a noise it's not even a, a person but you have all these associations and then when somebody asks you about the book book and a specific character you don't know like you oh that's to me like the person <laughs> come on tell me i'm not the only one no i remember specifically i had not a shorter name but a longer one because i couldn't ever pronounce it i think i call him chickagoochee <laughs> oh i do remember that gosh that goes back uh way too many years but anyway my experiences in pennsylvania let me start off by saying that we have not been there a tremendous amount of times it's been more of a drive-through in every situation but the first time i was there bear with me i was young okay and my sister had told me, because she had went through Pennsylvania when she was even younger on a trip to D.C., that uh, the trees looked like broccoli, like the hills, like the, the mountains and the hills and the rolling stuff. I'll be darned if it didn't look like a bunch of broccoli stalks. Fun fact, which we did mention in the fall episode, I do believe, that Pennsylvania apparently has the longest fall season based on where it is situated geographically. So that doesn't mean it necessarily has the best. It might not have the best colors, but it will have the okayest colors for the longest, I think, is what we're saying about that. If somebody lives there, uh, can comment on that. That'd be cool. Chloe, you want to brush everybody up on uh, Pennsylvania toll policy? <laughs> oh, we drove through there when we were going to Shenandoah this past summer. I think they just take a picture of your license and then they end up mailing you like how long you've been on that specific road for. I don't think this is new to anyone, but we're very rural people. <laughs> we don't have toll roads here. So we like drove through and kind of like did a little break check stop. Like, do we got a, the only thing we've ever paid a toll for, I think is a Mackinac bridge and they collect, they literally collect $4 cash or, well, that's a, a long other story, but I have a friend who forgot their money on the one side of the bridge. And the way that this bridge works is that you would drive over the bridge and on the other side you pay. Turns out if you don't have money to pay, you have to like walk across this like catwalk and stuff and go pay with a credit or debit card. Like they can't just swipe you at the thing. Anyway, that's what I've been told. Yeah. Months later, we got a, a bill in the mail for our like months, months later, like to the point where I was like, are we like wanted in <laughs> Pennsylvania? No, you thought you were like cool because you're like, oh, we haven't gotten bills. You know what? I wouldn't put it past them because they happen to let a groundhog decide if winter is going to be going on or not. A little Puxatawney. I think it was in Pennsylvania. Puxatawney Phil. Let me fact check myself real quick. Puxatawney Phil. I don't know what number we are on yet, but they all end up getting named Phil. I don't know if you ever like, I don't want to say meet a groundhog because I don't know. They're not really like a, a cuddly animal. They're not like a, a wild groundhog. Do you remember Boone? Boone's running with the groundhog. That was not good. They got sharp little like buck teeth. They're like a little kind of a beaver type option and they do not back down. They're about like the size of a football and like just as hard too. like just a little ornery. There's not really much more to it. Oliver was involved. Thund was uh, there, but not involved. Yeah. So we walked the same route on our property, basically most days of the week and nothing really ever happens. The occasional deer gets seen. It's pretty standard route. It's a nice little tooling through the woods route. For whatever reason this day, there was a groundhog up ahead in the trail. Now Boone is a very excitable character. Um, 
if he sees something far away, he's a, we've mentioned in the pod, he's a Labrador. Um, he'll get so excited that I think he gets overexcited and he doesn't stop or like he does, like once he sees it, he's like, oh my gosh, I have to go run and get that. Oh my gosh, I have to go to do this. Oh my gosh. Like no shut off. So he goes full bore after this groundhog, which he's faster than the groundhog. Spoiler alert. He catches him. And our, my parents' little dog, which is like an old Cocker Spaniel, he was still seeing pretty good at this time. I think he's, he's got some uh, cataracts and some other things going on now, but he took off as well in the right direction. And so they catch up to this thing. And all I see is Boone tear into this thing and the groundhog go flinging by Boone's neck meat. He had him by the neck meat. You know, like Labradors have like a good amount of neck meat on them. Had him by the neck meat and goes flying through the air. And eventually I think it went over and like found its hole. Ended up being fine. The dogs ended up being fine minus a couple puncture wounds. Uh, we cleaned those out really good. But yeah, uh, ever since then, I'm like, Puxitani Phil, like you can, no thanks. Not a fan. One thing we just got to cover off on real quick here um, that I don't believe ever gets mentioned specifically in the pod today, but cheesesteaks. Are you a fan of cheesesteaks, Chloe? Philly cheesesteak. I don't even know if I've ever had one. Chloe. Well, do we ever have a reason for a trip? Also, I wasn't sure on this because I don't know many people from there and I was trying to like search around, but would a cheesesteak still be considered a hoagie or is it its own like, you just call it like a, a cheesesteak? Seems like it was just a cheesesteak. So let's cut right on to it. The main reason anybody knows anything about Pennsylvania is thanks to one show, I should say if you're around our age and we're viewing this and or older, that aired in the 2000s and into the 2010s. Chloe? The Office. Based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's one of my comfort shows for sure. I probably watched it like four times <laughs> throughout school. It was a good one. Who was your favorite character, Seth? Are paper companies still like doing good today, like in this environment? I just wonder like how that show would be received like now. I don't think people are, I mean, obviously there's still paper, but kind of like a digital age type deal. Who's my favorite character? I think we can all agree who the best character in that show is. <sighs> I, it's it's a toss up for me between Dwight and his just antics and the way that that role is played. And Michael just overall is like holding the show together because when Michael Scott left the show, it wasn't the same show. Even with Dwight still being around and Jim and Pam and the whole and like Kevin throwing something in there once in a while and poor Toby like even even with that it just wasn't quite the same but that what is that episode the one where they uh teach CPR or the one where there's the fake fire drill are like two of the best episodes I love them because they're like quick 21 minuteers because you take the commercials off if you're watching on Netflix or whatever and they're just like so honestly like relatable in a way of how the the environment of an office just seems like obviously nobody's office probably is like this type of antics going on, but just like all the, the doldrum, I guess, of the day and like how to spice it up and make it more fun. And I don't know, it just made you think like if you were working here as an office job, it wouldn't be too bad. That's very true. Then another thing I like about the office is like they include all of the like little side characters. Like you said, with Kevin just tossing stuff every once in a while, or Stanley just being a grumpy old man sometimes. I don't know. I like, I'm a big fan. I know. It's special, especially to that. A lot of other shows develop characters throughout that, you know, throughout the life of a show. But it seemed like that one, everybody really got their own, like, kind of what they're known for and what they bring to the table. Creed just being off the wall all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
that was a good show. I wish that it was still on Netflix. I don't think it's still on Netflix. I think they took it down. Anyway, um, I know that the actresses that played Pam and Angela, they have a podcast now and they break down each episode. So I listened to a few of them, but like it's been a while since I watched the episode. So it'd be cool to kind of like go back and forth. Yeah, I like that. That sounds like uh, like a whole a whole weekend for somebody or more. Like, okay, I'm gonna watch an episode and now I'm gonna like do an analysis on it. But the junkies, I'm sure, are all on that. Yeah, it's a fun option. I have a Dunder Mifflin shirt. Do you really? Yeah, I do. You got it for me. What? When? <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was probably when the office was still very relevant. It's still relevant. Because I know I definitely got Marshall the one that's like Michael Scott, just huge on the front. I can't remember what else it says on there, but I don't know. Is it the one where he's, uh, the one where he's trying to be like hip hop or whatever? Or, uh, no, Prison Mike. Is it Prison Mike? <laughs> Michael Scarn. <laughs> and, and now, now back, back to, to the, the trivia. trivia. Question seven, our wacky law of the week. This week's question comes in the form of true or false. It's illegal to harvest a deer with a flintlock musket in Pennsylvania. is false. While firearm seasons are regulated regionally, it can generally be said that flintlock firearm season begins in late December and ends in late January. For anyone unfamiliar, a flintlock is a weapon from a bygone era that utilizes flint as an ignition system for firearms. The cartridge would be loaded down the typically smoothbore barrel. Once the trigger was pulled, a chunk of flint would strike a metal frizzen, hopefully creating a spark and sending the round toward the intended target. The season is the only one of its kind in the country. While hunter success using these primitive weapons is low, many agree it's more about carrying on the tradition than anything else. Question 8. What Pennsylvania city served as the United States Capitol for a single day? Was it A. Philadelphia, B. Pittsburgh, C. Lancaster, or D. Harrisburg? And the answer is C. Lancaster. The year was 1777. Members of the Continental Congress were forced to flee Philadelphia due to British invasion. Their agreed-upon landing spot was Lancaster, the next largest town to the west. On September 27th, members of Congress arrived in Lancaster, bringing the Declaration of Independence with them for safekeeping. Congress would utilize the Lancaster Courthouse for one day of meetings that covered the safety of the government and the ultimate decision to move the capital across the Susquehanna to York, putting a river between themselves and the advancing British. Question 9. Our popular culture question of the week. Which of the following television shows was not based or filmed in Pennsylvania? A. The Office. B. 
Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, C. Cheers, or D. Boy Meets World? And the answer is Cheers. Cheers ran for 11 seasons and was based on the daily happenings of a Boston-based bar. The office, as we know, was set in Scranton. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was filmed nearly entirely in Pittsburgh, and Boy Meets World was set in Philadelphia. Question 10. A question for our sports fanatics. What is the last Pennsylvania-based major league sports to have won a championship? Was it A, Philadelphia Phillies, B, Pittsburgh Pirates, C, Philadelphia 76ers, D, Philadelphia Eagles, E, Pittsburgh Steelers, F, Philadelphia Flyers, G, Pittsburgh Penguins, or H, Philadelphia Union? If you guessed the Philadelphia Eagles, you'd be correct. The Eagles brought the city its first ever Super Bowl championship in February of 2018 after taking down the five-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. In the event of a tie, or if you're looking to earn a little extra credit, here's today's bonus question. Pennsylvania is a proud state, and with good reason. From revolutionary times to the Industrial Revolution, Pennsylvania remained on the forefront of innovation and success of the growing nation. What motto graces the Pennsylvania state flag as a reminder of what Pennsylvanians stand for? A. Six Semper Tyrannus. B. Ours is the Fury. C. Don't Tread on Me. Or D. Virtue, Liberty, and Independence. And the answer is D, virtue, liberty, and independence. All right, folks, that brings us to the end of another episode of Travel and Trivia. We hope you enjoyed testing your knowledge and maybe even pick some up along the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to leave us a review. That would be much appreciated. If you have a topic you would like covered in a coming episode, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Seth Malcolm Media or fill out the contact form on our website. One way or the other, you can get a hold of us. Whoa, what are we doing next week? Be sure to join us next week for a special episode 
Spring trivia. Bring on a season that isn't winter. As always, we at Malcolm Media wish you well on your next adventure. You'll only ever regret the trips you don't take. <laughs>